Hello everyone and welcome to the Three Ball. I am your host Sam, and in today's podcast we are going to be doing the offseason guide for the Sacramento Kings. If y'all don't know how these offseason guides work, I basically give advice to NBA teams on what I believe they should try to do this offseason based on both the logistical outlook as well as their player personnel. And today we're doing that for the Sacramento Kings and the order in which we're doing teams. Now that we've gotten to teams that didn't make the playoffs, we're going from time that the team got eliminated. So the Sacramento Kings are the eighth team that got eliminated from the playoffs. So they are the eighth playoff team that we are doing in the last team from the first round as they lasted seven games in the first round before getting eliminated by the Golden State Warriors. Just a quick FYI, I am recording this on Friday, June 9th. I believe this is coming out on Monday, June 12th, so I am recording this a couple days in advance because I am going on vacation and I, you know, I don't know if I can get a lot of podcasts out then, but I need to finish all these offseason guides for y'all so that y'all can be prepared for you know, the draft of free agency, we got a lot of stuff going on, including our first trade. I just saw the Nuggets and Thunder. A weird trade, but from from an in, from a team in the NBA Finals, but it didn't really matter. Just a couple of first-round picks being swapped. But that's enough of that stuff. We're going to go ahead now and transition back to Sacramento Kings and talk about their logistical outlook first. One more thing, if I do sound a little bit you know, not as energetic or a little more tired, that's because I'm recording this at 10.15 at night, and... Uh, this is my second podcast of the day, so I, I'm, I'm a little bit worn out, but I'm doing my best to get this out to y'all, get y'all the best content out as always. But now we're going to talk about the Kings f- for real this time, and for those of you listening on YouTube, there will be a spreadsheet popping up on your screen right now, and for those of you just listening elsewhere, I will explain the spreadsheet, and it it's the spreadsheet of their logistical information. So the first thing on the spreadsheet is the depth chart for the Sacramento Kings with contract links and stuff. So the point guard position, the Sacramento Kings have De'Aaron Fox. He has three years left on his deal. Behind Fox is Davion Mitchell. He has two years left, including a team option, before he becomes a restricted free agent. And then behind Davion Mitchell is Matthew Dellavedova, who's a free agent this offseason. Starting as shooting guard is Kevin Herter, who has, who's on a three-year deal. Behind him is Malik Monk, who has one year left on his contract. And then behind Monk is Terrence Davis, a free agent this offseason. And then behind him is P.J. Dozier, who also has one year left. Starting at small forward is Harrison Barnes. He's a free agent this offseason. Behind him is Terrence Davis. Behind Davis is Kessler Edwards. He's on a one-year deal, but he does have a team option, meaning that the Kings could make him a free agent this season if they want him to be one. And then behind Kessler Edwards is P.J. Dozier. Starting at power forward is Keegan Murray. He has three years left, including a couple of team options, before he becomes a restricted free agent. Behind Murray is Trey Lyles, a free agent this offseason. Behind Trey Lyles is Chemezi Metu, a free agent this offseason as well. Then behind him is Harrison Barnes. And then starting at center is DeMontis Sabonis, who has one year left on his contract. Behind Sabonis is Alex Lynn, a free agent this offseason. Behind Lynn is Rashawn Holmes, who has two years left, including a player option. And then behind Holmes is Trey Lyles. And now we're going to look at the Kings' salary cap table for next season. And this salary cap table is is it's just a salary cap of the guys that are currently on the roster, meaning that all options are accepted and no free agents are brought in slash brought back. So first up is De'Aaron Fox, who's going to make $33 million next year. Behind him is DeMontis Sabonis, 22 mil. Kevin Herter, 16. Rashawn Holmes, 12. Malik Monk, 10. Keegan Murray, 8. Davion Mitchell, 5. P.J. Dozier, 2. But that is non-guaranteed. 
He will be guaranteed on July 10th of this year. And then lastly, there's Kessler Edwards at $2 million, and that adds up to a grand total of $110 million for the Sacramento Kings on the books next year. And with the projected salary cap being at $134 million, this would leave the Kings with $24 million in projected cap room. And the luxury tax being expected to be around $162 million, the Kings would have $52 million in projected luxury tax room for this offseason. Now the last part of this logistical breakdown is the first round picks for the Sacramento Kings. This year they have their own pick, it is number 24. Next year, their pick is top 14 protected. It was traded in the Kevin Herter trade, and if it's not conveyed next year, which I'm expecting it to be because they're a good basketball team, but if they're in the lottery next year, they'll keep it. If it's not conveyed, it'll be top 12 protected in 2025. If not conveyed then, it'll be top 10 protected in 2026. Then after that, it becomes like second round picks and stuff. But let's say it's conveyed in 2024. In that case, in 2025, they'd have their own pick. And then in 2026, 2027, 2028, and 2029, the Sacramento Kings would have their first round picks. No more, no less. So that is the logistical breakdown for the Sacramento Kings. We are now going to move towards a player personnel outlook on this Kings roster. And I'll start from a team aspect. And this year, the Kings were honestly the surprise of the season. They rose from a team that was in the bottom of the lottery, or maybe not bottom, but they, they, they were a team in the lottery who ended up with a number four overall pick, drafting Keegan Murray with that with that you know selection. And then they, they elevated from the number four pick to the number three seed. And they, they really didn't change that much in the roster. They added Kevin Herter and Malik Monk. That, that was, those were really the only additions to this team. That, 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 you know, led him to a three-seed in the West and taking the reigning champions and Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson to a, Draymond Green to a Game 7. They, they, let, they forced a Game 7 in which Steph Curry had to drop 50 points in order for the Warriors to win. It, it was a pretty good year for Kings fans and for the Kings organization in, 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 you know, in total because they hadn't made the playoffs since 2006. This was the first time in my lifetime that the Sacramento Kings had made the NBA playoffs, which is just crazy to think about. But, because, yeah, they were, what, in the playoffs in in, uh, in April or May of 20, 2006. I was born a couple months later. <laughs> kind of crazy. But, yeah, they made the playoffs this year, and they lost the, the Golden State in seven. But, nevertheless, it was a good series. They fought hard. And in that seven-game series, Sacramento proved that they could win important basketball games. They they proved that they can win them. Specifically, the game I'm looking at is that is that game six on the Warriors' home court. They went into into Chase Center and they won that game. That is a tough game to win, and yet Sacramento went out there and did it. Sure, they lost game seven. I'm not looking at that right now. I'm looking at the fact that they marched into game six down three two in the series and came out tied three three. That that's pretty impressive to me. It and it's it's just a sign of of things to come. It it it's a good sign of things to come, and and if you're looking at it, well, how can we improve? Well, Demontis Sabonis had a bad series. He did not have a good series. If he has a better seven game set, then Sacramento might win. You know, things could easily have gone differently in that series. So Sacramento, don't be discouraged by that playoff loss. They had a really good season and they fought hard before eventually falling to one of the greatest dynasties that we've ever seen in basketball history. So it's really not that bad when you put it that way. And this offseason, this upcoming offseason, it could be really, really important for the Kings. They have money, 
yet they have a lot of guys who are going to be entering free agency that they need to make decisions on. You know, do I, do we bring this guy back? Do we let him go? They, they have some important decisions in free agency. And the most important free agent from the current roster is obviously Harrison Barnes. In, in the 89 games that the Sacramento Kings played, including the playoffs, Barnes started all of them. He literally started every single one. He was available in every game. He played every game. He started every game. That's consistency right there. He played all the games, and in, in, in those games, he averaged 15 points a game, 4.5 rebounds, 1.6 assists, on 47.3 shooting, 37.4% from the field. Pretty efficient numbers right there from Harrison Barnes. And if Sacramento can, I believe that they should do all they can to bring him back, unless unless they can find a small forward or power forward upgrade, since I think that Keegan Murray can play the small forward if he really has to. That's not a big concern. I think he can do that if if you're forced to let Harrison Barnes go. But since, since good small forwards right now are a hot commodity in the NBA, a lot of teams that are one piece away need small forwards. Sacramento may be either forced into, one, overpaying for Barnes, or two, they may not be able to pay Barnes because other teams are just paying ridiculous amounts of money for a, you know, a 30, 31-year-old who's a, a good starting small four. He's, he's, a, he's a good basketball player, but he's, he's by no means, you know, elite, but he is a good basketball player, and if you're Sacramento, you would want to have him back. And this would be something that I would look to do in the offseason. I would, you know, I would look to find ways to bring Harrison Barnes back onto this roster because if you look at this team, they've clearly had success together. In the first year of this starting lineup, which this starting lineup was very consistent throughout the year, if you look at the game started, they started, you know, none of these guys, none of their starters missed more than nine games. Keegan Murray didn't start two, but this team, they like the guys who played played a lot. And then the, those starters of Fox, Herter, Barnes, Murray, Sabonis, they clearly worked well together. It's clearly a formula that leads to both regular season success and some form of playoff success because if you play any team other than the Warriors or maybe the Lakers, you know, at, le- at least the the, the, the lower-seeded teams. Out of the lower-seeded teams, if you play the Timberwolves, if you even play the Pelicans who, got, who were in the plan, or you play the Clippers, I'm taking the Kings. I think the Kings have a good shot against the Lakers. They just got unlucky with their matchup, but that that's sort of just how, how it shook out for them. But this team, they clearly have a team that can win on paper, or not on paper, they can win on the basketball court. They can win on the basketball court, and that's due to many reasons. One, it's good chemistry. I already mentioned that. Two, it's good coaching. Mike Brown, he deserves a ton of credit. He won Coach of the Year, and that was well-deserved. That guy came in and he took this team from a from a lottery team to to a three seed and taking the Warriors to seven, taking taking his own former team to seven as an NBA coach. But shout out to Mike Brown, absolutely incredible coaching job. He deserves a ton of credit for the Sacramento Kings team, and the the success from this team, like I said, chemistry, Mike Brown, and good leadership. That's a credit to De'Aaron Fox. Great leadership on his part. He led this team. So did Sabonis, and I, I think if you're the Kings now, maybe you're not super regretting the Sabonis-Halliburton trade. I, I, I don't know how, how things would have gone down if that trade, it was a very weird trade to say the least, but if that trade didn't happen, who knows? Who knows? Or maybe they've a Halliburton, a Halliburton-Sabonis team in Sacramento, <laughs> that, that would be kind of weird. I, I don't want to get into, you know, alternate, alternate po- possibilities right now, but 
this team, they clearly have things that go well together. They have had success together. So there's really no reason to let Harrison Barnes walk unless he voluntarily doesn't want to be back. And if Barnes does leave voluntarily, then the Kings could be in a little bit of trouble because there's probably not a contingency plan in place if he just walks. There, there could be. I'm, I'm sure the Kings have have other options in their mind, but usually you don't want to have those when you're bringing back a player because if they see that you're considering other options that could rub them the wrong way, you, you know it's sort of a trade-off there. But like I said, they they would be in trouble if 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 Barnes just leaves because they might lack a contingency plan. But they do have money to spend in free agency, so they could go get a solid solid free agent replacement. But they do have some guys that, that would be better a better fit and just a better player than Harrison Barnes if they can go out and get him. And specifically, I'm I'm referencing OG Ananobi and Bogdan 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 Bojan Bogdanovic. Although I mean, Mikhail Bridges is the top guy. I doubt they get him. I think that the main team with a real shot at Bridges is the Memphis Grizzlies. Although I I doubt that the Grizzlies get him either. But the 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 Kings, if they could get OG Ananobi or Bojan Bogdanovic, both of those guys would be really really nice guys to add through trade, obviously. But they have the assets too, you know, to get those guys through trade. They have all their first round picks. They have some enticing young players. Davion Mitchell would be a really intriguing trade asset. I I, I don't want to see him go because he is the defensive anchor of this team. But as far as a young asset goes, that's probably the best one. That they, it's honestly, you don't want to trade Keegan Murray, so he's really the only one you have that doesn't start, and you don't want to trade Malik Monk. Yeah, he's he'd probably be the only one, but that that would just, I don't want to talk about that unless it comes to that. But if if they were to get OG Ananobi or Bojan Bogdanovic, that would allow Harrison Barnes to walk, and you would be fine. And if 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 Sacramento does choose to let him go, if Sacramento's like we're fine with him leaving. That that would mean that they have they have some sort of backup plan. They have some sort of plan B that's like, okay, we're gonna go with this plan instead. They would have another option. I don't think they would just let Harrison Barnes go unless it's like we can't pay that much money. We we physically cannot pay that much money for for Harrison Barnes. So it'll be interesting to see how his free agency goes. Other free agents from this roster are Matthew Delvadova, Terrence Davis, Trey Lyles, Jamezi Matthew, and Alex Lynn. And Sacramento has made it clear that they want they want to re-sign both Harrison Barnes. They want to re-sign Barnes, and they also want to re-sign Trey Lyles. They they they, they mentioned his name. They want to see Trey Lyles back in the team, and I think that they they can make that happen. They can bring Trey Lyles back, so I do expect him to be back on the roster again next season. Another another free agent that I believe the Kings should prioritize out of this group is Terrence Davis as well. He's a guy who, who who can do a lot for you. He can do a lot. He can provide spot minutes. He can provide a spark off the bench sometimes. And he's also okay with not playing. You know, he p- didn't play a couple games in the finals, and yet he actually had a pretty solid series in the games five and six, I think. He had some he, he had a larger opportunity, and he did not do bad with it. So he's a guy who who's okay with not playing and still can come in and be valuable. I, I really like him. If Sacramento can get him cheap, they should bring him back. But I do think that there's a decent chance that teams who do need a backup wing might be interested in Terrence Davis, and that could prevent the Kings from re-signing him, since he would likely have a larger role and maybe a larger contract somewhere else, because the Kings have a lot of guys at the at the small forward and shooting guard positions. 
so they, they he may not be able to get a, as big of a role in Sacramento as he would elsewhere. So that that one may not work out for the Kings. But I think the Kings should you know have a budget for him. They should have a budget. You know, like we're not going to spend more than this, but we're willing to go up to this amount if necessary to keep Terrence Davis around. But if he does leave, I would not be would not be too surprised. Also, if Terrence Davis does leave, that opens up a roster slot, and the Kings may need a few roster slots. I'll talk about why they might need some of those later. And other other free agents for the Kings are, 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 are I already said the other free agents, but the next free agent is Chimethi Metu, and I doubt that he comes back. It seems like Sacramento and Metu are both you know, are, are both at the end of their journey together. I feel, I feel, I feel, from what I was reading, it seemed like there was some sort of mutual acceptance that Metu would not be back next season, so I doubt that he comes back. I think that he'll be able to earn a bigger role next year, and if you look at his stats between last year and this year, I don't have them pulled up, but I know that it was a significant minutes decrease. I know that it was a significant points decrease, and that, that always hurts for a player. That always hurts, so I, I do expect him to be in a different uniform next year. The next free agent is Alex Lynn, and he may not be a huge priority, but if Sacramento can get him back cheap, there's no reason not to bring him back. But I think I do think that the Kings would be willing to let him walk if necessary. You're willing to let him walk, but you know he he could be a really cheap second or third string center. Just just be there. He's done that the last couple of years. Just be there in case of injury or in case of who knows what. Alex Lynn may be valuable. I I just think it, it's a, it's a it's not going to be hard to bring him back. That's what I'm trying to say. So we might as well just give him a, a cheap contract and keep him around. And then the last free agent is Matthew Delvadova. And Sacramento picked him up after he played in Australia for a year. But honestly, I don't expect him to see another contract from Sacramento since he he really didn't do that much, at least on the court. I don't know. There could be some off-court influences. You, you, you can't really attest to that without being in the locker room. But he didn't really do that much this past season as far as on the court goes. I'll, I'll read you his stats real quick. He averaged 1.5 points and 1.3 assists on 34% from shooting from the field, 33 from three. But he, he only played he only played 6.7 minutes a game, and he only played 32 games. So he really didn't have that much of an on-court impact. He might have had a bigger off-court impact, but on the court-wise, it doesn't give you any reason to re-sign him. So I, I, I do expect him to... Be not not be on this Kings roster next season. And then one more thing about outgoing free agents is that the Kings could have another one, and that is Kessler Edwards, who does have a team option. And Sacramento doesn't really have a reason not to accept it. It's only for two million dollars. He's actually he was actually pretty solid after arriving in Sacramento. I'll also read you his stats. Since arriving in Sacramento, Kessler Edwards averaged 3.9 points and 2.1 rebounds. But he shot the ball about 43.5% from the field, about 35% from three. And he played 22 games, started three, played about 14 minutes a game. So he's he just coming in and giving you valuable minutes. I, I think you just bring him back. It's, it's you know, and then worst case, right, you just trade him next year. Or you even cut him, it's not that much money. Or you um, or you just let him go next offseason. You, you have a couple options if you realize you made the wrong choice. So just bring him back is my advice. And if they lose two of the two or three of these guys that I mentioned, two or three out of the group of Barnes, Delavadova, Davis, Lyles, Metu, Lynn, Edwards, if they lose two or three of those guys, then that's how many roster spots you're going to have. Because I don't think that any of these other guys will leave. 
Maybe Rash- maybe PJ Dozier. Maybe PJ Dozier because he's non-guaranteed. That that could be an option. But otherwise, I I think that however many players they let go is however many roster spots they're going to have, and they're going to need one roster spot for their 24th overall pick. Your second round picks you can maybe give two way deals to, or even put them on the on the on the main roster. I don't know. And then they they they'll have a roster spot or two for free agents. But there's one free agent in particular who Sacramento is might, might be expected to sign, even though you probably never have heard of him. At least I hadn't heard of him until I was doing my Kings research right, a couple you know a few minutes ago. I found out about this guy that the Kings will honestly there's a good chance that they will sign this guy in free agency. And last year, so let, let, me, let me set the scene for this real quick. Last year, the Kings acquired the rights to a player named Sasha Vezinkov. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's a Bulgarian, Greek, Cyp- Cyp- Cypria. He, he, he's from, he has a lot of nationalities. He's a European forward who was a former second overall, second, not second overall, sorry, a, a late second round pick made by the Brooklyn Nets way back in 2017. His rights were traded to Cleveland in 2022, 2021, and then his rights were traded to Sacramento in 2022 in return for the 49th overall draft pick. So the Kings acquired his rights last year in return for the 49th overall pick. And now, if you look up Sasha Vezinkov, you'll see the reigning EuroLeague MVP playing for a team in Greece, and the Kings have his rights. This is this is the EuroLeague MVP. That's, that's a pretty big deal. The EuroLeague's a pretty respected basketball league, and he won MVP there. The Kings have his rights, meaning that the Kings can sign him out of Europe if both sides are willing to reach an agreement. Last year, apparently, the Kings tried, but the Kings and Vesenkov couldn't really reach a, a deal, which kind of makes sense, right? Chances are that he was going to re- receive a minimum or a close to a minimum for a small role in Sacramento, whereas he would receive maybe a similar contract or even a bigger contract in Greece while being an important piece of the team. It, it makes sense why he did not sign a deal last year, but now now Sacramento can offer will likely offer him a decent type of contract because he just proved himself because he was MVP in Europe, and if you look at his stats in Europe, he averaged 17.6 points, 7 rebounds, 54.6% shooting from the field, 39.8 shooting percent from 3. That's really valuable in the NBA, and we, we know how European guys do. They're big on the fundamentals. I think he would be a really, really, really good piece for the Kings to add. Obviously, he won't average 17.6 and 7 in the NBA, but he can maybe give you 10 and 6. If he gives you 10 and 6, you are very happy. And it, and it does look like the Sacramento is going to try and sign him. That is, if the Kings and Vesenkov can agree on a deal. And if Vesenkov is willing to leave his Greek team, he, he may like it in Greece, bro. He may be like, hey, I'm, I'm the MVP of this league. You know, I am the superstar of this team. Why, why leave? You know, but but from what I was reading, it seems like if, if the, you know, the NBA offers him the right amount of money, and if it's the right move for him career-wise, that is what he's going to do. So it I, I, it does seem like if the Kings offer him a 7 to $10 million contract, say, that he would likely accept it. Maybe less than that. I just threw I just threw a couple numbers out there as, as some starting points. I have no idea what Vesenko would want, what the Kings would be looking for, but that would just be an interesting... An, in- an interesting thing for the Kings to explore. And if the Kings can get Vesenkov, that's a nice rotational piece 
who's clearly proven himself on the big stage. He shoots the ball well. Now, he is 27 years old. I forgot to mention that. He is 27 years old. So, he's not he's not young, necessarily. But who cares? Who cares about that? He's going to come in and be a, be a good basketball player. You don't really care about age at this point. If you're a competitive team, for any team, I don't think age should, ma- age should matter. Age should matter a lot. For any team, I don't think age should matter a ton. Especially for a competitive team, you really should not care that much. So we, unless you're trying to get a veteran or you're trying to add young pieces, there's some situations where it does apply, or for contracts, there's definitely some situations where it applies. But I don't think it matters here. I think you go out and you get Vezinkov. You get Vezinkov. You open him to NBA training. Maybe that's good for him. Maybe it's not. Who knows? But I think if you could get him, that is that that would be a really really valuable piece to add. And no one, there's there's no risk of him being taken away from you by anyone else in the NBA. So. That's another added bonus. And then otherwise, in in, in this offseason, I think that Sacramento should look to extend DeMontis the bonus. And that this would secure his contract, you know, long-term. He's only on a one-year deal right now. This would secure that contract long-term. And, and, that would, that, and, if, and if he's given a $3 or $4 million deal, that's going to put him on the same timeline as the other best players on this team. Because if you look at the best guys on this team, Fox, Herter, and Murray, all those guys have three-year deals right now. All those guys are on the same timeline which could turn out to be bad. That that could turn out to be bad. But right now they're on the same timeline. Just add some bonus to it. Give them a four-year extension, and you're chilling. That's what I think Sacramento should do with DeMontis Sabonis. Give him that extension just to, you know, make sure that he's not going to leave next offseason because that's the last thing you want to have happen. And if Sacramento does want to, you know, go out and get a good player in free agency, they have the money to do that. They have the money to do that, and they can clear roster spots pretty easily if they just allow guys to leave, like Belvedova, Matu, P.J. Dozier, or even guys like Lynn and or Terrence Davis. Those guys could could leave as well if you're bringing better players in. So th- that's some, definitely some options. And like the Kings have money this offseason. They have money this offseason. They have $24 million in cap room. Let's say that they spend 15 mil on Harrison Barnes, about, what, 4 mil on their 24 overall pick, that's 19, you get Vezinkov for like 7 or 8, you're going to be right at the salary cap, but you can still get some guys here and there, I'm not too worried about it, the Kings can and will probably have some cap room this offseason if they want to go out and get free agents. And overall, I just really, really do like this Kings team, I really like them, and I think they should, you know, try to bring back a similar roster. Bring back a similar roster, keep this the core of this team intact if possible, and just add. Just add players to the core who are only going to improve the team. And, and if you keep a similar roster, right, that gives you the chance to verify this team's success. You know, rare, rarely though, this is a rare occasion, but it could happen every now and again. Teams have one really good season and then they're bad again. It, rarely do you see that though. It's just a fluke year. I don't think this is a fluke year. But if you have one more year, you can verify that. You, you can verify that. But if you are the Kings, one thing that you could look on and be like, eh, that's not great. This year went about as perfectly as you could have wanted. As as far as, from a luck standpoint, the Kings did not have any injury problems. You know, they they didn't have any internal team problems, which is probably a good thing. You don't want those these days. I would know as a Grizzlies fan. But, like, you, this, this season, as far as, you know, things you can't control from, from an organizational standpoint, things you can't control... Was, was about as perfect as you can get. was about as perfect as you can get. So maybe you won't have that in future years. Hopefully you can. Hopefully you can, but you can never plan on fully full health, you know. You can never plan on that. 
you know, we've we've seen all these situations where it's like, oh, if the Clippers were healthy, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But the Kings were healthy this year, and they were good. And I think if you let this team go go at it one more year, you see how they play in the playoffs. You can you can you know be there. You know, you can verify the fact that this team can compete in the playoffs, and you can verify the fact that they verify the fact that they are only a few pieces away from a championship contender. And this this Kings team is definitely not one that you would think has the makeup of a championship roster. But you can't tell me if they don't add like a like a. I'm just gonna throw a name out there. I don't think this is realistic. I'm just gonna throw a name out there, just just for a hypothetical situation. You can't tell me if they don't go get a Jalen Brown that this team is not a championship contender. Like they're that close. They're that close to being in that realm of success. And if if you can if you can be proven if if if, if this core shows that they can do it again, you know, and they they can compete in the playoffs. You're 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 that close. You're that close. Which Jalen Brown's a great player, but it's just one big trade. That's just one really 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 big buy-in trade. But you know, stuff like that could happen. Who knows? And the, that's most of the stuff that I wanted to talk about for the Kings. In recap, it, the main offseason priority with the players on the roster is to bring back Harrison Barnes, unless Sacramento has plans to acquire a new one, who who will be an upgrade. If you go acquire an upgrade, bet go do that. Otherwise. Just keep Harrison Barnes, if possible, obviously. He could decide to walk. Uh, also in free agency, they need to try to re-sign Trey Lyles because it seems like they're going to. And then they decide on their other free agents that they want back. And then accept Kessler Edwards' team option, since it's pretty cheap for a versatile forward who can shoot. And another thing is that they need to work to reach a contract extension with Sasha Vezinkov. This would add depth and hopefully a strong piece to the rotation. And if and if the Kings really do like him enough, if they really, really do like him enough, they could even start him at the four, start Murray at the three. That, that's a pretty good front court rotation right there. You have Harrison Barnes off the bench, or even if he's gone, Vesenkov just fills in. Like there there's some options there. I, I think he could be pretty good in the NBA, but we don't know. We've not we haven't seen him play NBA minutes. But he could be a good piece. Hopefully the Kings sign. I want to see what he's like in the NBA. Then the last thing is that the Kings need to extend DeMontis Sabonis' contract and look to add any valuable free agents because they do have money to spend if they wish to spend it. And that is going to do it for this Kings offseason guide. If y'all did enjoy, make sure to show support on whatever service you were listening on. Tomorrow, I'm like I said, this this should come out Monday. Tomorrow should be a game four and five recap. I don't know if I can get it out because I'm going to be not in Ethiopia. I'll be I'll be on vacation, so who knows if I can get that out. I'll I'll do my best, as always, to get y'all the best content possible. Hopefully I can get that out to you. And yeah, that's all I want to talk about today. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm out.